You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. And I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Subscribe to us on Facebook. And of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today on the show, we get you set for the Packers preseason opener. We talk a little bit of football, uh, talk about the unofficial depth chart, remembering that it is unofficial. And we're going to talk a little bit of Aaron Rodgers. I want to save that for the second half of the show because I know there are some people that are reaching an, an Aaron Rodgers fatigue level with all of this stuff. But I, I've come to an important realization that I would like to share with all of you. And I think it's relevant. And this is my show. So, <laughs> uh, um, so the Packers came out with their unofficial, their very unofficial depth chart. And there is, I think, for me at least, very little to glean from this. And and that is the case every year. Every year, the depth chart comes out and we get all worked up about it. And then it ultimately means nothing because these things play themselves out over the next few weeks, the next few months. If you think someone who deserves to be ahead of someone else um, is behind that person, we will find out. It will become clear to us or to the Packers that that player is clearly better. If the Packers are making some egregious mistake by having player X behind player Y, we will find out about it sooner rather than later. Now, if there's anything that I am keeping my eye on a little bit, it is that Marquez Valdez-Scantling is listed as a starting receiver, whereas Alan Lazard is listed as a secondary receiver. That is interesting to me only because last year to open the season when everyone was healthy, Alan Lazard was clearly wide receiver too. Now, only one of those guys was healthy all year. Only one of those guys had a monster game in the NFC Championship. Only one of those guys was a league leader in yards per catch last season. And by all accounts, MBS is having an excellent start to camp, catching the ball well, maybe being a little bit more uh, smooth in and out of his routes. And I think could have a, a expanded route an expanded profile and role in this offense this year. With the receivers, I'm interested because, and not because of the way that the depth chart is is currently uh, structured, although it is interesting that Devin Funches, Malik Taylor, Equinemius St. Brown, and, and Amari Rodgers are all listed ahead of Juwan Winfrey. Again, that is one of those things where it's just like, I don't think that matters that much. 
but maybe it does. Um, you know, Kylan Hill is listed at the bottom of the running back depth chart yet yesterday in practice with no Aaron Jones. He's getting first team reps. Now, basically everyone was because no Aaron Jones and apparently A.J. Dillon is not going to play very much. But this is what I'm saying. I don't think we need to to look too much into this. But what the receiver thing prompted in, in my brain was to say, OK, what if they only kept six and all of them were receivers? How would that affect the way that the roster looks elsewhere? Where, well, if you want to look at special teams, if you're only going to keep six receivers and none of them are going to play special teams, then you are going to have to make up for it elsewhere. And that means probably extra corners, extra safeties. Someone like Ennis Gaines, who's having a really strong start to camp, could be that guy. Someone like Christian Uphoff, uh, undrafted free agent who is an outstanding athlete. He could be that guy. Could someone like Kavion Ento make the team because of his special teams ability? Stanford Samuels, same kind of deal. It affects everything that goes on with your team if you're playing these numbers games. And Matt LaFleur said it earlier in the week. You go into training camp and you know 45, 44, 46 right in that range. That's the number of of roster spots you know are just set. They're just set. We know. And it's usually the main holdovers from last year, plus the draft picks, plus any free agents that you brought in. And then there's always going to be a little bit of wiggle room. So it's somewhere between six and 10 guys who are going to change. Those are the spots you're fighting for. And if, if you're going to make it look one way with the receivers, you have to make it up with the speed guys somewhere else. Now, could they get a little cute with the linebackers? You know, Mike Smith said in his, his media availability this week, the fourth outside linebacker on this team is not going to be on the team to rush the passer. They're going to be on the team to play special teams. Well, that's all well and good. But at some point, that guy might have to play outside linebacker. You're not just going to be able to get all those guys onto the practice squad. You know, if you keep Preston Smith, Zedaria Smith, Rashawn Gary, and Jonathan Garvin, that has a, a trickle-down impact on your special teams because Garvin, probably not someone who can play some special teams for. You know, Tipagalea, he could. So th- that is that is going to have an impact here. Also, Kamel Martin, who, by the way, listed third-string linebacker. I know he's hurt and hasn't had a lot of time here. But the cross-training... That could be a reason to say, okay, well, if he's going to play some outside linebacker, maybe you don't have to keep an outside linebacker who is just a special teams player because you've got these extra inside linebackers, Oren Burks, Ty Summers, etc. That helps you fill in the gaps. But the, it, there's, there's going to be some difficult decisions come cut time. I mean, these are not going to be uh, the offensive line. There are you know, eight, nine, 10 guys who you probably think could have a realistic opportunity to start. Now, you know, David Bakhtiari could start the season because of the injury, may not count as a roster spot. I mean, we'll see if he's on pop or whatever it is, but you got to activate him. I mean, you look at the starting five that they have out there on the unofficial depth chart. It's the guys you think. It's Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Myers, Patrick, and Turner. We... Dennis Kelly is going to make the team. John Runyon Jr. is making the team. Royce Newman is making the team. That's already eight 
offensive lineman. Ben Braden, if he's competing to start, you have to think he's going to make the team. And Cole Van Lannan's a draft pick. That's 10. And we haven't even gotten to Yosh Nijman. We haven't even gotten to John Dietzen or Jacob Capra or some of these other guys who are getting, you know, second team reps. But if you keep a bunch of linemen, where are you going to sacrifice? At tight end? Where you feel like you might have six guys who can play, five guys who can play? Lewis, Tanyan, DeGuar, Sternberger, Daphne, and then Isaac Nato, who's having a nice little start to camp? This is, and, and this goes back to something that I that I put out on Twitter, um, the Ringer NFL show did a list of the top five rosters in the, the league. And it was Nora Princiati, Kevin Clark, and the new Ben Solak, who's been on this podcast, um, part of the Draft Network, is no longer part of the Draft Network. He is part of the Ringer Network. And they all had the Packers roster in their top five. Nora had them fifth. Kevin Clark had them third, and Ben had them second. This is an outstanding roster, which means cutdown time is going to be extremely difficult. And as it is every year, the numbers game is going to dictate some of these things. And the, and the position that you play, not that the, the, the competition at that spot necessarily, but whether or not you can contribute on special teams, that's going to matter. Whether or not you as a position player, you know, offensive linemen don't have the same special teams value anymore because you can't do the wedge, you can't do that kind of stuff anymore. So these backup offensive linemen on kick return, you know, the value is different now. Um, Kurt Benkert, can they afford to keep three quarterbacks? Well, if both your guys are vaccinated, you're probably in a pretty good shape. So maybe not. Kurt Benkert on the practice squad, that seems like a good bet. But but that has consequences too, especially in a COVID season. So the, the numbers here are, it's going to be a difficult task to try and suss all that out. And that's what Saturday is for. That's what all of these games are for. And, and you can say, okay, the players don't like it. You know who likes preseason games? Players who are number 46 through 60 on the roster. Those guys love preseason games because it's an opportunity to make the team. And it might be the difference. These three games will be the difference for some of these guys between making it and not. We'll see you on special teams. Can you play special teams or not? Well, if the answer is not, then it might also be the answer to whether or not you're on the roster. Not. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With all of the makes and models with cars today, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brands that their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers. You have a phone in your pocket. Why spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain or car dealership when you could just go to Rock Auto and get the best price? RockAuto.com's prices are reliably low for every customer. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. If you're like me, just about every day, you stare into your cabinet going, 
Why don't I have anything good in the house? And if you're a cheese head, you probably love cheese as much as you love the green and gold. You know how the best part of the grilled cheese sandwich is the cheese that melts off the pan and gets crunchy? Well, just the cheese made a bar out of just that. That's why I started snacking on just the cheese. Just the cheese brings you cheese, 100% cheese with no fluff or filler like you've never had it before as a salty baked snack. It's cheese and crackers without the crackers, which also means without the unnecessary carbs. I love the jalapeno. My son, who's 15 months old, he loves the grilled cheese. He loves the grilled cheese in real life, and he loves the flavor with just the cheese. No complicated recipes or almond flour that makes you feel like you're eating health food. Just natural cheese baked until it's crunchy to give you that great taste of Wisconsin cheese with the crackle of a cracker. Locked on Packers listeners get 20% off when you use the promo code 20 locked on at checkout on Amazon. And because it's on Amazon, you won't have to live in Wisconsin to get that signature Wisconsin cheese fix. The promo code 20 locked on have it sent to wherever you are. That's promo code 20 locked on for 20% off on Amazon. I have a confession. Um, For months now, I did not buy the idea that Aaron Rodgers was willing to retire rather than play for the Packers. I didn't buy it. it. It sounded to me like leverage and when you heard, you know, A.J. Hawk was the first person that I heard say from Rogers standpoint, he didn't think he would retire. He wants to play. And that was when I was like, OK, he's playing. And if he's going to play, he's going to play for Green Bay because it's too late for the trade. Then Rogers gives this interview yesterday to Sirius XM. And he, as contemplative as ever, uh, explains how close he was to hanging it up. And that he made the decision to come play really at the 11th hour. Here's the clip. When did you know what your future was going to be? When did you ultimately arrive at the conclusion? Mm, About two days before uh, training camp started. Uh, There was conversations in February. I mean, I went through the timeline in my press conference. So since February, I knew I was probably going to be away from the team for most of the offseason based on the responses I was hearing and then into March when nothing really changed. So I just, you know, worked on myself and traveled and had a good uh, good offseason, got myself in shape should uh, the prospect of playing again uh, present itself. I was still about 50-50 a few days before. I mean, David likes to give me some because he's like, how come you didn't tell me, you know, you're coming back? And I said, honestly, I didn't I didn't make a final decision until a few days before camp. So, you know, everybody outside the building knows what Aaron Rodgers is thinking. But you were you were really at peace. If, if it didn't work out this way, you were totally at peace with going on to do something else with your life. I was. That's a fun place to be in. Yeah. You know, when when uh, you have passions outside of the game and, and you still feel like you can give 100% to the game and that's what I didn't want to achieve my teammates uh, the organization myself anybody counting on me the fans by not being able to be all in so it took me a lot of the off season to wrap my head around what the season would look like and I think it was important for me to remain in silence about a lot of things because of my love and appreciation for the organization I didn't want to get into a you know name calling match uh, in public and I think like I've said there is a lot of wisdom in silence uh the way that my press conference played, I don't think if I make the same comment in 
April or May or June, it, it people it resonates with people as much. Um, but it was a contemplative contemplative off season. Also a really fun off season, traveling and, and, and enjoying my time and doing the things that make me most happy. Uh, so I feel like I'm at peace coming back, totally focused on the season, all in with the guys and excited about twenty twenty one. So why did this make me think about this all differently? When you tie in the things that Rodgers has said over the years about the importance of retiring in Green Bay and wanting to be like Kobe Bryant, who played his entire career in L.A., wanting to be like Dirk Nowitzki or Tim Duncan, who played their entire careers with one team in one city and what that meant to him and not wanting this all to end the way that it ended for Brett Favre and him playing for the Vikings. Again, I thought the retirement stuff was leverage. But the more that I have watched Rodgers and heard him speak and, you know, he's posting these these very sentimental Instagram posts and he's got Larry McCarron in there and, you know, Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb and it's got the caption gratitude and all this stuff. And, and maybe he is just very much on that uh, mindfulness tip. And he's, he's going out of his way to enjoy it. And maybe it's because he knows in the spring he's out. And so he's, he's trying to get that time in now. But unless he's just lying over and over again to us, retirement seemed very much on his mind. And Obviously, it is not in his best interest to imply that he was going to hold out and force a trade until two days before training camp. But he talked about how much he enjoyed this offseason and all of the work um, that you know he, he that he has to do on his body. We know, especially at a, at a more advanced age, and I hate as someone who is you know just a few years younger than him, it it pains me to say that. But that's the reality of going to be a professional athlete, especially um, in, in your late 30s. The, the Packers didn't make him feel great about wanting to come back. I assume that sucks. I mean, that sucks if you're Aaron Rodgers. It, it hurts. It kills. And all the work that you have to do to get yourself ready to play. And you can't even do the bare minimum for me? Why, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? You're supposed to be the franchise that cares about this stuff. You're supposed to be the small market franchise that, that, that cares about its players, that, that treats them differently. And what the hell? And it, it hearkened back to something that Brett Favre said when he retired. And he said, I know I, I can still play. I just don't know if I want to. And to, that has always been a way of saying to me, you know, look, it's not the it's not the week one. It's not the January playoff games. It's getting up at 5 a.m. in February. And, you know, there's the old line uh, boxing line. Where it's like it's really hard to get up at 5 a.m. to spar when when you're waking up in silk sheets. And I may be butchering that line. But that's the line. At, at this point, 
Aaron Rodgers has accomplished a lot. And he's got a very good life. And a, you know, a $20 million house in Malibu. And, you know, a partner that he obviously cares deeply for. And he's got a lot of interests outside of football. He would be fine walking away. Now, he says the competitive fire still burns. But how hot? How white hot? Now, he still put in the work. He said, look, I'm all in. I wanted to make sure that I could commit to the team. And and there has to be some element of this, just a human element of if this team isn't willing to commit to me, why am I putting in all of this work? Why am I fully committed to them? And my, my I, I don't have an answer from Aaron Rodgers' perspective. If, if it were me, I'd be going, well, the answer is for my teammates. And because I know I want to win, but I also, I, I like working with these people. I like being with them. And I want to go in the foxhole with them at least one last time. But I now think that stuff was real. The retirement stuff was real. Because the more I've thought about it, the more I can empathize with that perspective of just like, look, I when he when he said I wanted to finish my career in Green Bay, I mean, I, I always believed him that that was true. I never doubted that that was the case. I always assumed that his perspective was, and if they won't, I, I assumed that the rest of that sentence is, and if they won't let me, then I'm going to go somewhere else. And I'm going to play with a metaphorical middle finger for them the the same way Brett Favre did. The same way he went to New York for a year just so he could get to Minnesota and stick it to Green Bay for picking Aaron Rodgers over him. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is feeling that way. I don't know if that pettiness, we know Aaron Rodgers has a petty streak, but I don't know if he is motivated the same way to do that. It's also why I think that if this season goes well, and I don't I don't necessarily think Super Bowl or bust, but I think something approximating that, it's why I think Rodgers could stay. The Packers offered him the extension. If he plays well again, I think they they could offer it again. And if they win the Super Bowl, Maybe maybe he does just say, look, this was awesome. I'm glad I did it one last time. I'm glad I came back for this, but it's time. It's time. I, I, I think that's a reasonable scenario. I don't think that's out of the question by any means. I think he could feel like I'm going out on top. I'm doing the Peyton Manning. I'm doing the John Elway. He gets his second just like Peyton did, just like Elway did, and just like Favre never did. I think that probably matters to him. He's not going to catch Brady. He's just not. He's not going to play long enough. I mean, think about it. He'd have to win the next six to catch Brady. Six in a row. And he'd be as old then as Brady is now. And guess what? He's not going to win six in a row. Not not in Green Bay. Not anywhere. It's just not going to happen. We've been talking, you know, the last couple months about the, the, the options are uh, trade or extension, I do think it's time to start thinking about trade, extension, or if the Packers win the Super Bowl, especially a potential retirement. Now, you know, I I think Rodgers is competitive enough. And if they're able to make it work with the salary cap and, and all that stuff to want to come back and do it all again, 
and and try and repeat. But I also I think there's a non-zero chance that that could all happen. And and I'm only bringing this now up just because I, this is I I have seen the light on this. I have made a change. And I I wanted to I wanted to share that experience with, with all of you. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season in full swing. You can check all the action there at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting news and needs. Baseball, uh, summer league. You can bet on summer league. Did you know that? NFL preseason, golf. Before the next pitch, before the next tip, before the next kickoff. We're back with kickoffs. Go to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great options there. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the playoffs in baseball or get set for the season in football, the FedEx Cup in golf. So many great things to put a little money down. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. I don't want to make a huge deal of this, but I did want to mention it. Um, Donald Driver was on um, the other day in Milwaukee, and he was on the Big Show Radio Network over there, our, our friends uh, on on Odyssey, and he was honest about how he felt about leaving the Packers. He uh, exited after the 2012 season, did not have much of a role in that 2012 year, and was not happy about it. Felt like he could have kept playing, had an offer to keep playing, and decided, you know, out of loyalty and respect, he didn't want to continue. Here's what he said. Well, I, I think I, I think we all left. Uh, I left the situation knowing that it became a business more than uh, anything else, right? And so, did I walk out a little bit unhappy? Of course. I mean, I think he, you, know, you wanted to play. You wanted to retire there. I wasn't done. I was 38 years old, but I still was playing at a high level. And, um, you know, the opportunity didn't present itself at that point. So I knew the best thing for me was to walk away on my own terms. Um, and, and I was able to do that. So, I mean, I had other opportunities to go play other places. Other offers came to the table. But, you know, I told myself and I promised the fans um, back in 2002 when I first time my first contract with the Packers that I would only wear the green and gold. And, and for me, I had to be, I had to be loyal to them because they had been loyal to me for that, you know, their entire career. So um, even though I felt like I wasn't done playing, I still had to be respectful and, and walk away. Obviously I'm bringing this up because of the, the comments that Aaron Rodgers made. I think it's, it's worth pointing out here and, and driver is an all time great. He is a, a hall of very gooder. I don't think he's a hall of famer, but I think he's in the hall of very good and is obviously a no-doubt Packers Hall of Famer. By 2012, you've got James Jones, Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, Randall Cobb, Jermichael Finley. He is, at at best, the sixth option in that passing game. And, And the statistics speak for themselves. He felt like he could keep playing. And he's probably right. He could probably go out now. Like, he could go out this year and and probably catch 40 passes for the right team. He just is that kind of a virtuoso athlete. But Andrew Brandt talks about this all the time. And Dan Orlovsky mentioned this the other day. He said, look, uh, people ask me when I retire. And I say the league retired me in, uh, I don't remember, 2006. Whatever he says. Whatever year he says. The league retires you. 
not a team. You don't, most players don't get to choose when they retire. And this is just important context to all of this. I'm not defending the team, how they handled it. There, there are plenty of situations where they didn't handle it well. I just think this is important context here. Players, when they leave, when they feel they are worth something and the team says, we don't think you're worth that, that sucks. You know, going back to the Aaron Rodgers thing, that sucks. It hurts. And of course, they're going to be pissed. I'd be pissed. Again, Donald Driver could have kept playing. He was good enough to play. He could have played for a lot of NFL teams after that, and he decided not to out of loyalty to Green Bay. And and that is, you know, laudatory. But I also think it's important to remember that, you know, most players in those situations feel like they're not getting treated with the respect that they deserve. And when, you know, when you go back and look at it, yeah, he did retire. And he, he did not have a role on that 2012 team. Now, I'm sure he would say, I should have. And I deserve to. And after everything I gave to that team, they could have handled it better. You know, that could all be true. This is not about that specifically. It's more just about the broader point of, yeah, every player in that situation, when they want to go back to a team and the team says, mm, we're not sure about that, is going to feel like they were slighted. And so I, I just think that's some important context in all of this. Even for some of the players, you know, like Micah Hyde, who didn't even get a contract offer, that's a slight. That is obviously a slight, and and the Packers, I think, handled that poorly, although I have always blamed Dom Capers for that one, um, but that is neither here nor there. We're going to be back tomorrow. Uh, we're going to go live. We're going to do it live. We're going to do it live on Friday, um, 5.30 Central, 6.30 Eastern, live on the Twitters um, and YouTube. I think we're going to do YouTube. We'll see what we can do. Check it. Make sure you're, you're, you're going to find the link on Twitter, whether it's on YouTube or whether it's on Twitter. I have not decided yet. I will make sure that, that you know before we do it on Friday. So follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920 920- 341-3775 to stay locked on Packers.